Hello, 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 and welcome to my podcast, The Beauty Squad. So, first of all, I just want to thank all of my friends, family, um, and followers out there who's been supporting this channel. Um, I can't thank you enough. It's been great, and I'm literally working my butt off to get as much info and kind of link up with as many people in the industry as I can to kind of really give you guys the best advice as possible. So today we are going to be talking about drag makeup, which I am obsessed with. Um, like, you know, obviously being gay myself and growing up in the scene, like I was exposed to obviously drag queens in England because that's originally where I'm from, currently living in Dublin at the moment. So like to me, drag is just such an art form in itself. So we're going to talk about, you know, what I've been exposed to, um, what I've basically done and then um, part of this segment is also I've got um, some information of two of Ireland's most amazing drag queens. Like you've got um, Victoria Secret Dublin. Um, definitely follow her page. That's basically her page, Victoria Secret Dublin. And then Divina Divine again, Zaki and her name is her page on Instagram. So definitely follow them. They have an amazing podcast as well, um, where they kind of talk to different celebrities and different people and. You know, just generally, if you want something which is very uplifting and very energetic, definitely listen to it. So that's out the way. Um, what I want to talk to you, first of all, is just about, like, my experience with the drag and why I have come to love the art form. Because to me, it is art. It's it's like makeup artistry, like, amplified or basically on steroids. So, like, if you look at drag queens now, like, you get different types of drag queens you get your kind of glamour drag queens your comedy drag queens um fashion drag queens but i just love it it's all under the same creative umbrella so if we kind of rewind and go back i don't know a few hundred years like even if you go back to like shakespeare for example like men have been dressing up as women for a good long time and it originates basically from the theater so when you kind of think of drag or the the name drag, that kind of came or believed it's come from theatre. But if you kind of think about it, you know, drag is just kind of dressing up as someone else, a character, a caricature, or someone else who um, just amplifies or exudes, like, you know, energy or something really creative, or, you know, you get your comedy as well from it. So, you know, it goes back to years ago, from definitely from theatre, um, and you have, like, all those really famous drag queens, um for example, like RuPaul, I know RuPaul is most probably one of the mainstream drag queens we know, or like Bunny, you know, that kind of uh, studio, is it 56 or 59? I can't remember, I'm too young to remember that, but I know that kind of era, that kind of 70s, 80s mod era, where kind of all those um, drag queens were kind of really flourishing in the gay community. So like... The difference I've seen a lot, like, you get a lot of drag queens who perform, um, or, the, or as I like to call it, lip sync. So they kind of, like, have a routine, and they kind of dance to a particular song, and they kind of lip sync it. So they kind of mouth the lyrics, basically. And then you have, like, other drag queens, which I, I do find a lot of the English drag queens do sing live. So you get a lot of live shows. Again, you get your lip syncers as well, and then you've got your comedy queens as well. So there is, like, a huge array of different types of drag queens but at the end of the day the drag queens are there just to entertain like their, their bottom line is or the kind of main thing they want to do when you're in that club or in that environment or bar is to entertain you so it could be with you know gimmicks or like fun things or comedy or you know going around and kind of like taking the piss out of 
the um, crowd. And that's what I love. I just love how funny they could be. Um, so that's definitely one thing I'm aware of. I mean, obviously, like most people, if you've been living under a rock, like you would have heard of RuPaul's Drag Race. Obsessed I am with that um, show. Like I've watched it from season one all the way through to the end. And like it really just shows you how much drag has become so mainstream now they've got kind of like rupaul's um drag con in, in la and then you know there's exhibitions they've recently did the um uk rupaul's drag race as well so i think the vivian won that one yeah it was the vivian who won that one so congratulations to her winning the first season of uk rupaul's drag race so that was amazing but for me i think drag is about being creative and I think it definitely is from previous drag queens I've talked to today um in the past like it's a, a creative outlet so a lot of people could be right very very shy as themselves and then they kind of get ready and change into drag and it becomes almost like a separate identity so I, I think that's kind of cool that you can kind of be the person you want to be and you know dress up and gain that power from being in drag so i think that aspect to it is just amazing but at the same time i think you're, they're entertainers at the end of the day they're there to entertain us and that's exactly what a lot of them do so hats off to them and to the industry um where i would say like the makeup from what i've i, I remember mentioned in a previous segment about contouring everything like drag queens have been doing this for years like this whole contour i know it's like the kim k contour look which is about five or six years ago drag queens i know have been doing this technique for years so it's a lot a lot of things i do i do think come from the gay community like all these kind of unicorn things and highlight shimmers and stuff like it's a lot of drag queens have been doing this for years so that's just I, well, my personal opinion on that but i kind of think like when you look back through the history, even in theatre makeup, it's very like hard contoured. And the reason being for that is because obviously you were so far back in the audience that the makeup couldn't just be like a soft, you know, smoky eye and a lovely diffused lip. Like it had to be quite harsh. So from a distance, it kind of looked blended. So that's just an interesting fact I thought I would share with you all. But what I basically did is I got in touch with two of the drag queens I know and I've met and I think they're great and they're you know they're really excelling in their platforms and growing as artists which I think is just amazing and what I did is I asked them a few questions and they sent me back um a few voice, voice notes so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to basically say the question I'm going to play the voice now and then I'm just going to add a commentary over the top just the easiest thing to do um so here we go so this is the first drag queen I spoke to, which is Victoria's Secret. And the first question I asked was, what, or sorry, how long have you been doing drag for? So this was her answer. Hey, I have been doing drag for 16 years at the moment. Um, so a long time, basically. So that just shows you like there's people in the industry like just starting out for a year, some of them's been doing six months, some of them's been doing uh, 10 years, 16 years. So I do believe that when you are in this industry of being creative, even if you come from like a dancing background or you're into modeling or performing, entertainment, um, anything artistic, it really is 
when you have that passion for it, you really can go far with it. So what I also asked as well was, what makeup do they use or does she use for her drag when she's getting ready? And this was her answer. I use a mix between Kryolan, MAC makeup and Ingloth. They would be my top three um, makeup brands. So what I think is, MAC obviously is, I mean, back in the day when I was starting out in makeup, MAC, um, I, people don't even know what MAC stands for, it's makeup artist company. So MAC used to be kind of more just for makeup artists. So these people you doing like those fashion shows or working on models or freelancing, a lot of the time was MAC. MAC was very, very dominant back in the day. But I know Cryolin um, is more like a kind of, not a special, well, yeah, I would have used that in special effects as well because you can get like pan sticks, um, which would be like really for coverage foundations. So that's what I kind of find a lot of drag queens use is that particular brand because it does give full coverage. It's quite opaque with its coverage as well. So yeah, it's very interesting that they use. Obviously, there's a few kind of mainstream ones in there as well. Like Inglot is an Irish owned company. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone knows Mac. So I think it's very good to kind of see what inspires people. So one of my questions to Victoria was um, what inspired her to like start doing drag so like you know i don't think people just wake up in the morning and is like oh, i'll become a drag queen so it's interesting to see what this answer was uh what inspired me to do drag was i was going to an art college and people were pretty wild and i thought being gay was wild but then no one gave a fuck so i think that kind of set me off to just see what I could do when people were being so creative like you'd go out in your lunch break and people would be juggling and doing fire and like it was so such a weird little college but great um so I was going out in the gay scene I was organizing events in the college and booked some drag queens and the next time I was doing it I decided to do it too and I think that's the important point that she makes with um that kind of answer is like there's a lot of inspiration around everyone in what they do and they, they might not necessarily be aware of like the inspiration around them and I think it's just really just keeping your eyes open um, and being kind of like a sponge to everything around you and your in your environment and you know there's things like I remember just doing stuff at uni it's like find inspiration from a like a shoestring and it's like okay well you know it's flexible it's this it's, it can be used this way and it just getting ideas and just thinking about objects or your um, environment or scenes in a different way. I think what sets you apart uh, when you are a drag queen, like, you know, there's a lot of drag queens I know, like Miss Vanjie, Mateo, um, like even like RuPaul, for example, RuPaul, it's just, it can be interpreted in so, so many different ways. Um, and the way you kind of come up with that name is quite, quite funny as well. Um, even like Lady Bunny, like there's, there's names which once you hear them, you can't really forget <laughs> like so one of the questions i asked victoria was how did she come up with her name victoria's secret dublin because it's quite unusual um so yeah let's see what she said um in terms of name i really regret the name i keep meaning to change it but i have commitment issues so i can't decide on what to do about the surname uh i thought it was really clever at the time and stupid and funny and everyone was picking stupid funny punny names like that so um but now obviously the company are in ireland and i get weird mails people looking for jobs people making complaints about the brand stuff like that so 
yeah, I would advise. This literally had me in stitches because I know one Victoria's Secret was launched in Dublin. Even when I was actually looking um, into the brand, I was like, that's so odd. Like Victoria's Secret Dublin is a drag queen and the Victoria's Secret is coming in. So it's actually funny to see that she is receiving like complaints or emails or job offers um, because of the name. So yeah, like she said, like you want a name which is so unique where it's once you hear it it's just like oh my god like you can't forget it and i think that's that's definitely one advice i would also give as well it's like finding something which is completely unique you haven't heard even google names you're thinking of a name where you you want to um, mix it up with a particular like you know you get different brands people use within their names just make sure it's unique and no one else has that particular name and I said, basically, you know, people are starting out in drag. Like, what advice would she give? And I think she kind of goes over what I said as well by picking a name, which is um, unique. But, yeah, let's have a listen. What advice would I give to people starting out in drag? Pick a name that's Googleable. <laughs> um, and do it because you want to do it, not because you're trying to make a career out of it, because it's not made for everyone. And it might, might not be made for you. So have some fun with it. Enjoy it, because then it doesn't really matter. If you set out from day one trying to make a career out of it, you know, it just sucks the fun out of it very quickly. Um, so have some fun and remember it's not really about how you look, it's about being able to entertain people. So don't spend too long trying to be the best visual looking drag queen because you can go out and look amazing and be dog shit on stage and that's pointless. And I think that's important because I think a lot of people think, oh my God, I have to be such a pro at doing makeup um, artistry to do drag. But you know, there's a few drag queens I've seen whose makeup isn't on point, but they are hilarious. Like even when you go to like places like me and me, 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 me and my fiance, we went to um, Benidorm and we saw like the most hilarious drag queen over there. But that it wasn't necessarily the most polished drag queen I've seen, but she was hilarious like it was funny and she got us all up she was doing stuff with me and my um father-in-law and it's just it was just great like so me and my fiance had a great time over there and like it was entertaining but do you know what it's so funny do you know you go into like a bar and you're like oh and you sit down you see like a dragon's before me like oh my god please don't pick me please don't pick me i don't want to get up i don't want to get up and like you end up being dragged up and you're like okay it's not as scary it's kind of like karaoke when they drag you up it's like you don't want to do it until you're up there and then you're like um, this is amazing. I want to stay up here. Um, so yeah, that was quite interesting. And it does make a point as well that, you know, you don't necessarily have to look the best to perform the best. Because at the end of the day, it's your personality, which will always shine through when you're performing. So obviously doing makeovers, like I think when I used to be on Kind and would do a makeover, I'm like, right, a normal makeover on someone who just wants a normal smoky eye or nice clean skin and complexion, 40 minutes roughly, 30, 40 you can do it quicker, it depends on obviously what they're looking for, but for drag makeup being so complex and the different layers and, you know, with drag queens, obviously guys, you know, you get your five o'clock shadow, you've got eyebrows to block out if you block them out. So you are doing a lot of corrective makeup. One of my questions was, how long does it actually take to get into drag? That was the question I was actually really intrigued. It's like an hour, two hours. So this is what Victoria's Secret Dumbled replied. It takes me 
I can do it in 90 minutes if I have to. I like two hours. And realistically, if I have two and a half, three hours, happy days that I can sit and turn on YouTube and just get ready slowly. So I think that's important. Like, you know, it's, again, going back to being a makeup artist or a professional who's in the field, like your preparation is so key. So ensuring you've got the right products you're using with you, you've got your routine kind of to a T, um, but you're prepared, you're on time. So again, it goes back to being professional and how you freelance as well. So that was very interesting, like two, three hours. I wouldn't have the patience, if I'm being honest. Like even when I'm going out and I'm putting a base of foundation on myself, like 20 minutes is enough and not having a nervous breakdown otherwise so yeah it is intrigued but again it's an art form so some people like to be that perfect perfected um in their craft so yeah and don't forget you are correcting a lot on the skin i mean like even doing eye bright glue and eye rise down takes about 10 15 minutes because obviously you're gluing powdering drying gluing powdering drying again if you've got a really thick heavy beard using like an orange corrector to correct any blueness in the skin and then you're kind of setting and so yeah like it's just honing your craft and making sure that your look is refined but you're doing it in a time which you're enjoying you enjoy still doing it because it is artistry in itself so yeah very interesting so one thing that interests me like i remember someone asked me this question years ago when i was doing makeup and it was like if you couldn't do makeup anymore, like if it was outlawed, like what would you do instead? And I was kind of like, I actually don't know. Like I love the industry so much as all, all that I do know. Like I have stepped out of cosmetics for a few years and, you know, just to enhance my management style. But I was like, I actually don't know what I would do. I've always gravitated back to the industry because it's something I enjoy. I love the products. I love... Um, the philosophy line around a lot of brands and you know how it, it how intimate it is with customers when you're serving them like at the end of the day they're coming in with a concern and it's your kind of job to help them resolve that so I kind of miss that one-to-one -one with um, customers when I step out of the industry so I don't think I ever leave it so if I did find that I couldn't be in the industry anymore I'd have to go like work in an art museum or do something else which is kind of creative like entertainment or you know go on stage or something so yeah let me see what Victoria actually replied to that question uh if drag was outlawed I would be an event promoter because I do that anyway and that's what I do full-time so that kind of brings us to the end of the questions with Victoria Secret Dublin Again, thank you so much, Victoria Secret, for sharing your kind of tips and tricks and your viewpoints on drag. It's great to see um, that from such a professional drag queen I've met. Uh, again, if you want to follow her, please follow her on Dub uh, Victoria Secret Dublin on Instagram. You can't miss her. She's right out there. So definitely have a look and give her a follow. So next, I'm going to be speaking with Davina Devine, who is another... Uh, Dublin-based drag queen who I asked the same questions again so we're just going to roll call them through again and I'll just play the notes so you guys can listen. Okay so next up I spoke to Davina Devine and she went through um, a lot of the questions for me kindly 
And again, MAC makeup came up in the first kind of brand she uses and she supports a lot of the local brands as well, Irish brands. Um, and she's always performed since she was a kid, being on stage it was very appealing to her and she used drag as like a creative way, um, as like as a creative outlet in a way. So she kind of took it as a second identity to herself. And the reason why she chose the name Divina Divine is because it kind of rolls off the tongue, which kind of makes sense. It's a lot of D's and a lot of V's in it, so it's Divina Divine. Um, so it's quite good. Let's look at the, what advice you would kind of give to someone starting out in drag. Yeah, the advice I would give anyone starting out in drag is to just stop talking about it. Just get off your ass and go and do it if you really want to do it. Um, support your local queen. See what people are doing. Drag is not just for your dressing room. Like, it's a big big broad spectrum out there so depends on what kind of queen you want to be because not everyone can be every kind of queen like some people are not really good performers some people are more look queens um there's hostesses there's djs so there's, it's a big, very big broad spectrum you know it's very few queens that can kind of do it all um but that is something that you should kind of aspire to be because you'd want to be an all-rounder and that's exactly what we were talking about earlier on like you you get maybe particular queens who like to be look queens and they kind of lip sync you get queens who may necessarily not like performing but they prefer maybe lip syncing or be more of like a host in a club or you've got like dj queens and again you've got your queens that sing live so it really just depends on what you're looking for and looking at which avenue you think you would basically excel at so going back to kind of like how long it takes for divina to get into drag um this is basically what she had to say getting into drag how long does that take it really depends on what i'm getting in drag for or how much time i have or how busy i am so it can be um it could be two hours it could be 45 minutes if i'm in a really big big rush it really depends on it's nice to take your time though and chill so the longer the better you should always plan ahead because you can always end up running late somehow and this is so funny like because like i remember Whenever you go to like a job interview, it's like arrive 15 minutes early. It's exactly like when you're going to like a go see if you're a model or if you are trying to book a client as a makeup artist, like you're always there early. So again, I think that comes down to being professional in the industry or being a professional in the industry. That the fact is you arrive on time, like you don't want to be doing anything which can maybe sabotage your own career. So being like a drag queen and arriving to a show late obviously means less prep time you don't look as polished when you're going out and it's horrible like it, I don't know if any of you have ever woken up late for work or if you ever worked in the cosmetic industry or you had an event to go to and you're late you know, it just throws you off I don't know what it is it just literally throws you off for the whole day nightmare and it's so mad because like one thing I I watch on um Reaper's Drag Race and it's so funny because as the seasons went on like the fashion got so much better like I think season one in my personal opinion was a car crash because it was just very like off the rack kind of um fashion like what I'm used to seeing now I'm like oh my god it looks so basic back then so one of the questions I did want to know is is it expensive to dress up like um when you kind of transform into drag and one thing she had to say was this Yes, of course, drag can be done on a budget. Um, you just have to be very crafty about what you're doing. Um, like when I first started doing drag, we used to literally like get our outfits in pennies. You know, we didn't have the best wigs, but it was what you're bringing to the table. Sometimes it's not about how you're put together. It's about the charisma and the, the person behind the drag. That's what makes drag so kind of 
inspiring I suppose because you could look like a sack of shit but be actually just dazzling and captivating like as a performer or as a person so it's not always just about how you're put together you know just because you have the best makeup and the best wigs and hair does not a star make you know it come it really does come from the inside and see I think that's really important because I think a lot of people starting out are doing drag or they think they have to buy these like lace front wigs and buy the most expensive gowns and do all these different reveal reveals and stuff whereas if you're a shit performer basically it doesn't really matter what you're wearing so if you're a good performer and you're really capturing people and you've got their attention then they don't really care what you're wearing unless it's like obviously built into your shell of what you're actually trying to do or achieve but that is definitely an eye opener really fashion is interpreted in different ways and you get so many different looking drag queens you know uh you get your larger ones smaller ones some old style um older ones as well younger ones fresh out of the kind of door so yeah it depends on what you're looking to do again and your look and your aesthetic so again just research it go on and look you know um what looks you can do making customized outfits on the cheap even go to like thrift stores charity shops shops and just buy stuff and alter them like a lot of us in london when we were at london college of fashion used to go round a lot of the charity shops and look at clothes and how we could customize them or alter them or make them unique even if you're like tie-dyeing them or i don't know you're stitching something else together just making it unique to yourself and it's customized for you and your body so that was very interesting see i think a lot of people who do drag they come from like a creative background to some type of degree like i think some people you know there's a few which i know has worked in office and they go and start doing drag but i think there is like a, there is like a rice grain of some type of creativity in their makeup basically or in the in the way they want to do or live their life so one of the questions again i asked was if it all faded away tomorrow what Davina would do if drag was outlawed? Drag was outlawed, outlawed tomorrow, which it kind of feels like it is now at the moment. Um, I was a makeup artist for a long time. I worked with MAC, I worked with Lancome, um, I worked with Makeup Forever. So I could always go back to that. Like, that's always there for me. Um, but I think just from doing my drag and doing my work, you know, I've, I got into a lot of like kind of digital um the digital side of things so i think if i if it was outlet tomorrow i would go into like digital design web design um graphic design things like that anything to do with designing <laughs> so like i said like it really is depending on what you're looking for um in the industry but it just shows you how inclusive the industry is like you can come from any type of background um, and really it's a craft so it's just getting in there you're going to perform once it might not be amazing you perform twice it's just experience and time you're going to get better and I think that's how you grow as an entertainment uh, entertainer and like you never know like it, it could lead to anything you could have you know going on you could create your own YouTube channel you can create doing makeup looks um, doing wigs how to design wigs you can go into wig making or wig designing so there is so many different creative places to go to, even like performing. I know there's a lot of drag queens, even in the UK, who's got like American Idol. Um, you know, you've got, um, and you know, like Courtney Act, for example, she was on, <clears throat> she got knocked back as a male on Australian Idol, Idol but got through and into live rounds as Courtney Act. So 
that obviously led to her doing RuPaul's Drag Race and getting, you know, and dancing with the stars. So there's loads of different places you can do. Like, I, th I th or can go, sorry. I think when I think about um, social media, the power of social media, like, before RuPaul's Drag Race, a lot of the drag queens would, you know, relying on Instagram and um, doing their own work themselves. So grafting a lot harder before they got get got the exposure on RuPaul's Drag Race. Because I think anything with on TV, you know, obviously TV media is huge because it's you you you're seeing more visually. It's it's more you're more aware when you're on like a show, for example, a reality show. You know, gets people talking about your name more. But again, I do have to say hats off to the queens out there who really graft and they work the club circuit and they're, they're working all the events they can to grow their brand awareness. So it really is a tough industry. <clears throat> but again, it lets people in. It lets everyone from all walks of life be who they want to be. So all I can say is I hope you enjoyed this segment. Shout out again to Victoria's Secret Dublin and Davina Divine for sharing their experiences with us and you guys today. I really hope you've enjoyed this segment. Um, stay tuned for something delicious coming up um, in a few episodes. But again, everyone stay safe. I hope everyone's okay. And I hope I've made or brought a bit of sunshine to your life today. Enjoy and stay safe, guys. Lots of love. Bye-bye.